So today, we are going to continue learning how to protect what you have received. The past few weeks, I've been teaching a series about the cost of the anointing and that to receive what the anointing brings, deliverance, healing, and abundant life, and part two, to receive the anointing to be a powerful vessel of God yourself, to destroy yokes out of other people's lives. There is a cost. There is a cost, not just a cost to be an anointed vessel, but even to maintain the deliverance and the healing and the abundant life. There is a cost. There is a cost because the devil will not let you have that just easily. He does not want you to walk in the anointing, walk in abundant life and be a powerful vessel of the anointing because when the word gets out that Jesus really still is doing miracles today and that abundant life really is available for all the children, all of God's children, when the word gets out, the devil's in the most serious trouble he's ever been, ever, 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 ever. And his kingdom is going down like it never has before. So... So that's why we say there's a cost because first of all, anything that has value does not come easily and is not cheap. If it's valuable, it's expensive. There's a cost. So God doesn't want this to just come cheap to you, but he wants you to really value it. So there needs to be a cost. And what happens is the devil doesn't want you to have it so he can come with certain attacks to try to take it from you. And God can allow some of these attacks as a test And as you pass the test and have victory over the devil in these attacks, this is the cost. This is passing the test. This is paying the price. And this is receiving the anointing, walking in the anointing. Amen? So this is why protecting what you have received, protecting the anointing coming into your life in all those different areas, from the abundant life to also being a vessel of the anointing, this is why protecting what you have received is a cost because you have to be serious in the spiritual realm. You have to be a warrior, get serious, and be aware of the devil's schemes to try to take what you have. It's not a a lazy lifestyle, but it's a warrior of God lifestyle where you're protecting what is so valuable in you. So this tonight, today I'm going to be teaching you a part two of how to protect what you have received and, and, and specifically teaching you the very sneaky schemes and tactics of the devil to try to pull you away from your place of receiving the anointing, of receiving, being, being equipped, and receiving impartation. So... The, the way that the devil is going to try to come and steal and take you is, is not going to be in an obvious way. It's going to be sneaky ways, tricky ways, which is why you need this kind of equipping, this meaty teaching that opens up your spiritual eyes and makes you aware to these sneaky tricks of the devil that you haven't heard of before. If you don't have this equipping, the devil will deceive you very easily. This teaching today, you might not have even heard a teaching like this before because it's quite meat. It's quite meat teaching. It's quite deep teaching today. Hallelujah. You need the meat to grow big and strong so that the devil knows he can't mess with you. (laughs) 
you can't do on milk alone. You need the meat. So today you're getting the meat. Praise God. So um, Matthew 10, 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So we're learning today how to be wise as serpents. The devil many times is, is uh, um, described like a snake as when he, he came like a snake for Eve, with Eve, because the, the, the serpent or the snake is very sneaky. So God is saying that we need to level up. We need to level up to the devil's sneaky ways and we need to be wise as a serpent. Uh-uh, I, I see you, devil, and I'm ahead of you. This is what you will learn today, amen. So um, what I want, what you need to be aware of is the, we need, the Bible says that we need to be aware of the devil's schemes. Be aware for the devil is roaring around like a lion seeking whom he can devour. You need to be aware of the devil's sneaky schemes at all times. You need to always be like on call in this area. Being aware for the devil to come in ways you would not expect and in places you would not expect. Matthew 26, 20, it says, when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. This scripture right here is talking about the last supper, the last supper that Jesus had with his close disciples before he was imprisoned and then crucified. So it says, when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. So Jesus was relaxing with those whom he trusted, those whom God allowed him to bring close to him, to help him fulfill his assignment and do the work of God. He, Jesus had thousands of disciples, but he only brought 12 semi-close and three very close, as we learned a few weeks ago. So he's reclining. So this, it says he's reclining at the table. So he's even like relaxed because he knows he can trust these 12. Amen? But then it says this, while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will, will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely you don't mean me, rabbi. Jesus answered, you have said so. So this is pretty wild when you think about it that there was thousands of disciples, many with very, very good hearts. And there was 12 that God allowed Jesus to bring close to him. But somehow Judas was allowed amongst the 12. Judas, the one that would betray Jesus, Judas was the reason he got um, captured and, and sent into prison, was because of Judas betraying him with a kiss. The devil used Judas so hugely. Judas then ends up hanging himself after this. 
because he opened up a door for demons and now he was full of torment, of, of condemnation, of shame. And so we look at this story and, you know, you can kind of wonder, like, why did God allow Judas there? I'm sure there was plenty of other good hearts among the thousands. Why couldn't he replace him with, with one of those people? Well, God gives people free will. People can have beautiful, good hearts, but people still have free will. People can decide to change if they want. People can have no doors open and then one day decide, I'm going to open a door. And everything changes. So the 12 were not robots. The 12 disciples were not robots. Meaning they were not controlled by God. They had free will. We all have free will. So there's that, number one. But number two, when we look at the story of Judas, we see how, you know, it's not like God was like, oh no, how could this have happened? It's not like God could have stopped him from betraying him. God could have sent Jesus somewhere else to hide and they wouldn't capture him. But we know that Jesus had to be crucified as a sacrifice for us today to be saved from our sins, to live eternally with Jesus and to have relationship with God for the veil to be torn and for us to have abundant life and freedom and healing now. The crucifixion had to happen. That sacrifice, the lamb, the sacrifice of the lamb of Jesus had to happen. So, God allowed this to happen, not worried, not afraid, not concerned, but God allowed this way that the devil came for God's perfect purposes. And we know the scripture in the Bible about how Joseph's uh, brothers betrayed him and put him in a pit to die. And, and Joseph said, God turned all that you meant for harm, all that the devil meant for harm from my good, right? So, um, that's, that's the why. That's the why of why Judas was allowed to be there. But we need to realize that that story of Judas among the 12 betraying Jesus, that that can happen today and it will happen today. There will be Judases today. Those of you who are in ministry you will have Judas or two or three or four or five or too many. I've had my, my few, my share. You know, you have it, but we need to not let it get to us and bother us. The fact that there will be Judases. Because God is always going to allow it to happen for our good. To refine us. To strengthen us. Many times Judas has come in the form of like uh, speaking bad against people, speaking bad against a minister or a ministry, speaking lies. And every time that that happens, every time I've seen that happen for me, it's only brought me closer to God. And it's only refined my heart more and more. It's only taken away the fear of man and brought in the fear of God more. It's only made me to become more like Jesus. And then those things happening and then seeing how it didn't ruin anything. It didn't ruin God's plan. And how it, it didn't stop the move of God. 
seeing how God was faithful through it all, that made my faith stronger. Every Judas that I've encountered, that I've gone through, it's only making me, made me stronger in faith, closer to Jesus, and more like him. So now I don't worry anymore. And I even know, I know that there will be Judases in the future. But I don't let it trouble me. So the first thing I want to, to share with you is that one of the devil's tactics of trying to take you out from where the anointing is, is to have a Judas in your midst. And for the Judas, the devil wants to speak something like, look, listen to Judas, he's right. The devil wants to use somebody, somebody you trusted for you to just listen to and take what they say as truth because you've trusted them. The devil even wants to say, look, this is a bad testimony. This is not good fruit. Now, one could say that about Judas. He ended up hanging himself. He ended up getting worse after being with Jesus, right? Well, we know the scripture about when one demon goes out, you have to, you have to do the work yourself to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, to surrender to God. Or else the word of God says that many, many more will come in. So it's not up to a minister or a ministry to make sure that everyone's maintaining their deliverance. That's your job, to be serious about maintaining your deliverance and surrendering to God. That's your job. So this is... This is one of the narratives that the devil will want to try to speak uh, among Judases. Because a Judas can end up being someone you're close to. Someone you trusted. You trusted even for years. It could, it could be. And I don't mean that to like scare you or anything. This is just time that we are growing up in the spirit. <laughs> you won't really see the, this kind of Judas betrayal thing happening where, where there is no anointing. But where the anointing of God is and where the real kingdom of God is in its fullness, you're going to see the Bible come alive in every aspect, in every area. So you need to be aware of this. Now, what does this mean for you? It just means to just be aware of this. It doesn't mean to be, like, um, skeptical of everyone around you. Are you a Judas? You know, it doesn't mean to be that way. And the people, I, I mean, if you think about it, we don't see Judas really showing big red flags. All this, it's kind of shocking, you know? And so that's how it is. I mean, the, the Judases that I've encountered, sometimes it's blindsided me. And then sometimes, then God would teach me to find the, uh, to, to be, a, to sense, to discern the little the slight red flags, and they're always having to do with, um, with selfishness and wrong motive, um, jealousy, wanting so badly a certain dream for yourself to achieve something uh, above God's will to just be done. So God's, God's now taught me to just be aware when I see that but not to immediately just be skeptical 
and count that person, oh, that might be a Judas. But to see every person with the love of God and to know that, that God can do anything for anybody. He can change anybody, anybody's heart. And so God knows the end of the story, not me. And it's our job to just love people, to not judge them, to not discount them, but to just love them. This is why we need to make sure that God is our best friend and Lord of our life, that we're not putting, we're not depending on man, human, too much, but we're putting all our trust and dependence on God. And when you're, when you're really surrendered to God, he's giving you an assignment on this earth. He's calling you to serve him, and he's going to be calling you to serve him in his work. He's going to be calling you to serve him where his anointing is. And there will be people he's going to bring alongside of you. And not all of them will stay there for your whole life, for your whole assignment. That's okay. There will be some who stay. And for those who leave, God will bring people who help you with the work of God even more than the ones that left and will be even a greater blessing to you and a, even a greater vessel of God, of his love to you. So when it comes to serving God, it's something so different. It's like, yeah, there are Judases, but we just have to keep our eyes on Jesus and not hold a tight grip to people. And just have open arms, allowing God to do what he wants with the people who are going to join us and run this race together. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So don't be... So just be aware of this. Like, don't be blindsided if someone's, if the devil starts speaking through somebody someday, somebody you trusted. Do not immediately just take it as truth. Be aware, oh, yes, there are also Judases I'm going to encounter. And, you know, Judas was at the Last Supper, and Judas was like, it won't be me. Surely not me. He was a great actor, I guess. You know? And this is why I just say you have to be wise. You have to be wise. Um, don't immediately believe everything that somebody says. But know that there are Judases. Know that the devil can use these people close in, in the house of God. Just be aware. Amen? Now, secondly, we need to be aware of those whom the devil sends into the house of God. So we need to be aware, first of all, of those, it might be a Judas among in the house of God, in the work of God. But we also need to be aware of those the devil sends. Because the devil can do that. The devil can try to, to be, this is one of the sneaky ways he's coming. Sending someone into the house of God to bring distraction, to, to spout lies, to just speak words and gossip into people's ears, to try to bring division in the house of God. The de our doors are wide open. 
We welcome skeptics. We welcome Pharisees. We welcome everybody. Literally, the doors are open right now. I'm looking outside the cacti out there. We got a door open there and a door open there. We're in downtown LA. Downtown LA. We welcome everybody. We are not going to say, we're not going to give an interview to everybody and make sure they're, they, don't, they are only have pure motives only. Because there's some, many people, some people, even the gentleman that, that got delivered that testified Camden, he came here as a skeptic. But God touched him and transformed him and delivered him and is now bringing God so much glory and God's using him so powerfully. So I'm sorry, we cannot like protect you all from only pure hearts coming in. You have to be wise as a serpent yourself. <laughs> Amen? So listen to this, Job 1 verse 6. Okay, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Okay, so listen to this. This is talking about the throne of God the, in heaven. The angels are coming. They're presenting themselves to the Lord. And the Bible literally says, and Satan also came with them. Have you guys ever pondered that fact? I know many of you have read this scripture. Maybe some of you haven't. The devil was allowed amongst the angels in the throne room of God in heaven? The devil's allowed there? So what about here on earth? What about the house of God? Yeah, the devil was allowed. The devil was literally, it's not like he was blocked off or that God's like, nope, you cannot go into the throne. I'll speak to you from down there. He was allowed to go. So <laughs> one of the ways that the devil can come in a sneaky, devious way to try to pull people from where the anointing is, is by sending the devil, even himself, or just the devil working through people in the house of God to speak lies. And someone thinks someone's naive. So they just immediately believe the lie rather than being wise as a serpent and realize maybe the devil sent somebody here to spout lies, right? You know, I remember, um, I remember I was ministering one, once in one of the cities last year and it was time after the message, it was time I was inviting everyone to stand up and surrender everything to God. And God was about to deliver and heal and I was about to minister to everyone. And I was literally saying, surrender to God right now, everyone. Put your eyes on Jesus and surrender to God. And all of a sudden, this person starts yelling, false prophet, at the top of his lungs, screaming it again and again. First of all, I am not a prophet, I'm an apostle, so <laughs> got that one wrong. But, <laughs> but he just starts screaming it. 
screaming it, everybody hears. God allowed that. Now God could have stopped him in his tracks. But God allowed the church to be tested. He allowed the people to be tested. He allowed me to be tested. He uses it as an opportunity to test me, make my faith to be stronger. That lie did not concern God. He used it as a test. So the devil comes in, in, in uh, heaven and comes before God. And listen to what happens next. The Lord says to Satan, the Lord says to Satan. So Satan says, so first the Lord says, where have you come from, Satan? And then Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Satan says, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you, put, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well, then everything he has is in your power. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Do you realize that, 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 the, that, that God is the one that enticed Satan to test, to, to take things from Job? It wasn't Satan that's like, I want to test your servant. Give me permission, God, because that's what happened. He, he got permission. But it was God who said, okay, Satan, you're up here. Tell me, have you seen my servant, Job? God knew what he was doing. He knew the devil was like, ah, it's just because you bless him that he is such an amazing servant and loves you and praises you. I want to see if, if, I, if things are taken away, if he'll still praise you. And God knew Job's heart. God knew Job's heart. The, the Bible says that God will never give you a test that you can't handle. He knows your heart. So he knows like what would be too much where you would curse God maybe. But he knows the amount to test you where you, you will be faithful. You will not curse God. You will keep the faith. You will know, you will know what's going on in the spirit. This is just a test. God's going to get me through this storm and he's going to restore all that's been taken from me. I'm going to pass this test. See, God knows. So God knew Job's heart. So God wanted all that to happen because this testing produces a greater character and faith in a person. So God will allow attacks from the devil, certain attacks, for them to be tests for the person to grow spiritually. It's how God works. And God got so much glory through Job's life. The fact that Job just kept his faith and never cursed God. And then God was able to give him so much more than what was taken from him. That gives so much glory to God. And to this day, the story of Job makes our faith to be strong in God because of Job's testimony. So that's why God wanted this to happen for his glory and for 
us to have a greater faith because of that testimony. You see? So this was the goodness of God. It like doesn't make sense at first, right? But this was the goodness of God. Hallelujah. So God can allow, God can allow the devil to send somebody in the church. But he, he's not going to allow something that's going to bring um, like bondage in a person's life. These are just tests. There's a difference between attacks of the devil that's bondage and when you are free and a test comes and you have victory over that, the attack of the devil, you pass the test and you go to the next level and you come out unscathed, unharmed. I remember when I, when, when I had very little money and my parents were having to give so much to Fivefold Church because we just had a handful of people in the church and we were running a building. <clears throat> and I remember, this was like in the second or third year or so, I remember after church, um, or I think it was after a worship night, we had a worship night on Friday, we went to, I went to Shake Shack for dinner after serving God for many hours. And I went there with some people from the church and <clears throat> I came out from having dinner and my car had been broken into, the window had been smashed and my computer was stolen, my computer that I was just using for the work of God, it was stolen. Now this was just me coming from doing the work of God. Why could God allow that to test me, to test me? <clears throat> for my faith to grow stronger, for my heart to be molded. And looking back, I tell you, even though I was in a place of, of having very little money, I look back and I don't remember that bothering me. I mean, God took care. Even though that valuable things were stolen that cost me things, I was fine. God provided. Amen? <clears throat> so one of the ways that the devil will try to come is by you know, something happening in the house of God. Uh, somebody using somebody, maybe to steal something from you, like in my case, or to speak a lie, like the person yelling at that event. Um, even I remember <clears throat> in the park, we were out in the park, so I mean, anybody really can come. You, and it's a public park, so even if someone is bringing like chaos and uh, distraction, there's nothing you can do because it's a public park. And so I remember there was like, oh, there was a few times there would be someone that would come and they would just be loud and just be, you could, you could see it was literally the devil sent them there to distract, to keep the people from hearing the word of God and trying to keep them from receiving. And so you could even think, I mean, this is how the devil can speak. The devil can, can speak to you and say, in that situation of that distraction happening, oh, you can't even hear the word of God here. Better to go someplace where there's not distraction and drama. Better to worship in peace. The devil can speak in that way. To the, to the person sent here to speak lies, speak slander. The devil can, can speak to you. Maybe that's truth. And that's the devil coming in this sneaky way. You see? The something happening to you, like how my, my, my computer was stolen, you could think 
is God here? If God is here, how could he allow that to happen? This is the way the devil comes in a sneaky way. You have to be aware of, of this, aware of how the devil can come even in the house of God. Even in the house of God, you have to be aware. Amen? So I would say 98% of the time of revival, having services and Sunday services, we worship without distraction. We have service, the word of God, ministry time without distraction, without these things like I mentioned, 98% of the time. But there have been 2% or so times that God allows a testing to occur. Devil sends somebody. So you got to be able, you got you to be aware of the sneaky way that the devil comes. Don't let the devil whisper you these sneaky lies. Even the devil can come in the presence of God. <laughs> James 1, 2 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So God can allow the devil to attack and bring a trial, not to have victory over you, but for you to have victory over the devil and using it as a test. For you know that the testing of your faith, it, it says, produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Hallelujah. Okay, so now I want to share with you uh, right now the most important thing to do, the most important thing you must do to keep the devil from taking you from where your place of receiving is, your place of receiving anointing is, is to value what you have received. And I'm going to teach you how to value it today. Like how, okay? Because what you value, the devil cannot take. But you have to value it or he can easily take it. So, where God has led you to receive from, to be planted and to, receive, to walk an abundant life, be equipped and receive impartation of anointing. Like for, for many of you here, it is fivefold church. God has led you here. Where God has led you here, he's going to speak this to you. He's going to confirm this to you. And he's going to prove to you in your own life. You're going to have real fruits in your own life. So where you should be planted, what God is going to be speaking to you, saying this is where you should be planted, is by where you are seeing transformation spiritually and where you are being brought closer to God. So if you've come to a church, like Fivefold Church, for example, and you are finding that you are falling more in love with Jesus, you are finding transformation in your life, you are finding things falling off your life, uh, you're finding yourself becoming less carnal, more spiritual, desiring Jesus and the things of God more, if you are finding you are receiving healing and freedom, breakthrough, abundant life, this is God speaking. I've brought you here for you to be planted here, for you to receive from me and be fed from me here and to be equipped here and to receive impartation here. 
and equipping for you to be a powerful vessel of God. That's how God speaks. If you're really wondering, I don't know what church I should be at. I don't know if I'm called to be planted here or not. That's how God speaks. But you have to really make sure that you are being humble and having an open heart. Because God can only move through a vessel, through a ministry, when you will have an open heart and be humble and childlike. It is like a a stone that's in water. A stone that's in water will not soak up any water, right? It's going to remain dry inside, even though it's in the water. But a sponge that's in the water will soak up all the water. So you can be a stone or you can be a sponge. That's your choice. So God will not speak to you, you know, I'm calling you to be planted here until you become a sponge. Until you open your heart, become childlike and humble. And that's when you're inviting God to move where he then will speak to you. I want you here. But that's it. Once you're that sponge, you will see if it's where God's anointing is and it's where he wants you to be planted. You will see transformation, healing, freedom, falling more in love with God, becoming closer to him, things falling off your life. That's what the anointing does. It makes things to just even fall off your life. It makes you to just become more spiritual and less carnal. It's my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you're where the anointing is, you're going to see that transformation in your life. And so when you see that, that is God speaking. That's your sign. You don't need to interview a hundred people because you're going to find a lot of stones in those hundreds of people. So you, that's, that's not the way to, to figure out, should I be planted here? Let me interview every person that's God's going to use Judases. God's going to use people who are judgmental. <laughs> and so who God could never touch. Right? So that's, that's you, you, need to, you need to hear from God yourself. And when God has touched you, healed you, delivered you, transformed you, you need to value what he has done for you. What he has done for you. That's what you have to value the most. Don't forget about other people. Value what he's done for you. It, it's not complicated. It's simple. Value what he's done for you. Stay focused on that, your testimony, and, and see how God transforms you more and more and does more and more and more. And keep valuing what he's done for you. That's how you value what you've received. That's how you're able to protect what you've received. Um, don't care what other people are saying. Don't listen to every voice out there. One, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. 
The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So this means that people who are not spiritual, people who have not had their spiritual eyes opened up, cannot see in the spirit and they will call the things of the spirit foolishness. So that means atheists, people who don't believe in Jesus, will call the works of Jesus, deliverance, healing, the anointing, vessels of God, apostles, prophets, woman pastors, woman apostles, they will call these things foolishness. Pharisees are not spiritual. They are very carnal. <laughs> because the Bible says that, Jesus says, Jesus says that, when the demons came back from casting out demons, he praises the Father and he says, I praise you, Lord, that you've hidden these things from those who are wise and proud and you've only revealed it to those who become childlike. So only those who are humble and childlike will have their spiritual eyes opened up and see this is God. This deliverance, this is Jesus. This healing, this is Jesus. This testimony, this is Jesus. This ministry, this is Jesus. This anointing, this is Jesus. This apostle, this is Jesus. This servant of God, this is Jesus. Only those with their spiritual eyes open up. But I'm telling you, Pharisees, people who are judgmental, people who are prideful, people who are jealous, their spiritual eyes are not opened up. So they are going to call it foolish. It's important for you to know that. Amen? So to know, to not listen to everybody. A lot of people don't have their eyes open the way you have your eyes opened up. So don't expect everybody to agree with you. And expect them to call you foolish. Expect them to call the anointing foolish. Expect them to call deliverance foolish. Expect them to call the place where you're receiving from foolish. Expect it. That's what the Bible says. Um, and so... Luke 6, 7, it says the Pharisees and teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. If you are looking to find Jesus here, you're going to find Jesus As a man thinks, so he is, the Bible says. As a person thinks, so he is. So if you, are going, if you want to see the beauty in Los Angeles, you can find so much beauty in Los Angeles. If you want to see evil and dirty in Los Angeles, you, you'll find that. <laughs> what you're looking for, you will find. But in the spiritual realm, if you are looking these Pharisees, they were looking for how to accuse Jesus. And guess what? They found a lot of ways to accuse him. If you are opening up the door of skepticism and being critical like the Pharisees, you are opening up the door for the devil to speak. Here, this is not of God. This is not of God. This is not of God. They're all lies. These things are of God. That's what was happening with the Pharisees. These, they were saying, this isn't of God that Jesus is doing, and it was of God. But the, they were opening up the door for the devil to say, see, 
this is a reason to accuse, this is a reason to accuse, this is a reason to accuse. And the Pharisees, they were not like mass murderers. They were not these evil people that were like, I'm just out to hunt someone and get them killed. This is my job. This is what I'm doing with my life, my passion, to find um, somebody to accuse them, to get them in the courts and to have the people cheer, yeah, crucify him. That wasn't the, the Pharisees' motive in life. My point is, is that the Pharisees really thought they were right. <laughs> yeah, they were evil, but they weren't just like malicious, I want to kill somebody evil. They were evil because they weren't humbling themselves and they didn't fear God. But they, they, they were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. And so the devil fed them this narrative that they really believed was true. So this is how it is today. This is how it is today. If you're looking for the bad, if you're looking for a reason to accuse, the devil will send lies and give you all the reasons not to believe in something. All the reasons to walk away from where you were planted. If that's what you're looking for. The devil's got a whole big list, a whole big narrative, a whole bunch of exposed videos out there you can go watch, a whole bunch of them. And um, I've seen this happen in my ministry and others as well, how the schemes, schemes to deceive people, to try to pull people away from the anointing. One of them is this, um, do you know that demons can lie? Well, because the, the devil is the father of lies. The Bible says the devil is the father of lies. Demons are like his children, like his, they're from him. They're on mission from him, assignment from him, right? So they're liars, right? Yeah. Okay, here, I'm going to get deep a little bit and explain to you in the spirit how, how it works, how demons and what they speak, how this works. So, when you are walking in the authority of God and you know your authority in Christ and you know that demons have to be under your feet, that you have authority over them. And this is your attitude, that you're like, demons, I'm not afraid of you and you're going down and out today. I have the authority of Christ. When... When you, that is your revelation and your heart and your identity in Christ, demons have to obey. They cannot fool around or mess around with you. But, but when you don't have the full revelation of your authority in Christ, and you don't have the full revelation of how the kingdom of God works and of how authority works, and so you're not really casting out demons and walking in authority properly. Demons can fool around. It's, kind of, it's like the principle of a, a school teacher. If a school teacher really knows their authority, the children are going to like behave. They have like the fear of God, you know, of the teacher. Like, you know, if the teacher knows their authority. But if the teacher doesn't really know their authority, oh, we can get away with things, right? So that's how it is in the spiritual realm. So, we see sometimes um, Jesus speak to demons, but whenever Jesus speaks to demons, it's not all the time, and if he does, it's very short. He's not having a very long conversation with them, right? So, we are not supposed to be having long conversations with demons, 
Because our job is to send them out, not entertain them, not give them the time of day. They're not going to glorify God. <laughs> you know, to have a conversation with them is not glorifying God. Um, so, so we are not supposed to have conversations with God. There can be times when God can lead a servant of God to, 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 to ask a question, to say something like, what is your name, for example? Um, and and when in that, in that situation, if, if God leads that, because you are walking in your authority, you know who you are in Christ, and you're not letting, letting demons fool around, mess around at all, they have to speak the truth. Like when Jesus was talking to them, they were speaking the truth, right? How many, how many of you are, we're legions, right? They were speaking the truth in that situation because Jesus had the authority and they had to do what Jesus said. Speak the truth. What's the truth? Speak it. Okay, but if you do not know your authority in Christ and you don't know how to execute your authority and cast out demons the right way, because you can be cast out demons the wrong way, and it's like not really walking in the revelation of authority, but you're getting more in the physical realm, for example. So if you're doing that, or if you're, and you're giving the, the demons too much time to talk, it's like the demons are smart. They know that you don't really have full revelation of your authority. And so they'll mess with that. They'll play around with that. And so in that case, demons lie. They lie. They speak out of a person and they can speak lies. Like one time, um, I remember a, a demon was trying to say something out of somebody and I just turned it real quick. <laughs> This is a lie. And I stopped it right there. You have, to, you have to be really discerning in the spirit. So anyways, I've seen this scheme of the devil where demons will speak out of people and say that a certain minister put demons in the person. Yeah, we came in here from this person and say the name out loud. So that can very easily happen when a person is deceived by the devil, is a Pharisee, wants to bring a minister down, a ministry down, and say, who put you, how did you get in there? And the demons can play around and speak lies. So this is a big way that the devil will deceive people, tries to deceive people. So you have to be aware of all these sneaky schemes of the devil to try to take you out, to try to take you away. This is why I say it is so important that you just focus on your own testimony, on your own testimony, that you have been transformed, that you have been healed, that you have been delivered. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruits, not by what demons say. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruits, not what demons say. And so look at your own fruits and hold on to those own fruits and be aware that there are these Judases out there. Be aware that there are these Pharisees out there looking for reasons to accuse and finding them. Be aware that there's going to be demons saying, uh, speaking against where you were planted to try to deceive, be aware that there are going to be stones out there 
that say, I, be aware that there are going to be people who come and get delivered, and then they end up being worse off because they don't surrender to God. And they're not serious about maintaining their deliverance. And they can say, I'm worse off now. Yeah, you're worse off. The Bible says when one demon goes out, many more will come back in if you don't fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. So, like, when you hear good testimonies and good fruits, praise God and, and say that as evidence that, yes, this is, this is more and more evidence that this is where I'm supposed to be planted and that God is moving here. But above all, you just need to focus on your own testimony, your own fruits. Care about your own self. Don't, don't let Judas's pull you off with them and hang yourself with them. <laughs> Stay among the 11. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, now I'm going to I want to share specifically how to value. First of all, to value your own testimony. And Revelation 12:11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So God has healed you. God has delivered you. God has transformed you so much, right? But you need to speak these things out. You need to testify, and you need to testify of things publicly. When you do this, it's bringing forth what's in the unseen realm. What you know that you know that you have experienced but it's in the spirit. You need to bring it in the physical and declare, this is what happened. This is what God has done. When you bring it forth with your testimony and speak it, it's solidifying it in the spiritual realm so that the devil can't easily take it away. If you don't do this, the devil can speak so many lies to you that you can forget what happened. This can happen. Like the Israelites, they saw the biggest wonders ever. All of these wonders, signs and wonders in Egypt. They saw the splitting of the Red Sea that God delivered them through. And then, the, the, then God closed the seas on their enemies. Whoa, all those wonders. But they didn't value their testimony enough. Because they quickly, they quickly forgot it. They clearly quickly forgot it. Because soon later, they are complaining about the miracle of manna falling from the sky and feeding them. They are complaining that it's the same food every day. They want different kinds of food. But it's miracle coming from the sky. And they're no longer slaves. Who cares if it's the same food every day? You're not in slavery anymore. But these guys, they forgot what God did. You can forget what God did for you if you don't value it. If you don't testify aloud and make it concrete in the spiritual realm, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. These Israelites should have been thanking God all the time, ever since they left. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us. Remember how we used to be in slavery, you guys? Remember, that's what they should have been doing. And then they would have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. But they didn't value it enough to speak it aloud and to meditate on it and to bring it forth into remembrance every day and continue to thank God for it. And what happened? They forgot. We are human. We can forget things. 
We can forget how real it was that God touched us. We can forget. We can forget where God took us from because it was so, long, so much time passed. We can forget. We're human. We have to do this in the spiritual realm to make sure we don't forget, to solidify it in the spiritual realm, to testify. So if you have not testified yet, you have to testify. We record testimonies after service every, every single week. You can also uh, film yourself, email it, those watching online. You can do a written one too. If you film it, try to do it a few minutes, not too long. But make sure it's public. This is part of how you overcome. In the spiritual realm, the devil sees he cannot, he cannot take it. Where he can, he can, he's allowed to try to come and take it like he did with the Israelites if you don't testify in the spiritual realm. That's what happens. Amen? So testify and make sure it's public, not just testifying to one, two, three, four people. Testify, make sure everyone at Fivefold Church sees it. You know, send it to us so we can make sure God gets the glory everywhere and that many, many people hear it. Hallelujah. Do what you need to do to remember uh, what God has done for you. If your, if your deliverance or healing or touch of God is on camera, because it is here for many of you, not all of you, but many of you it is, watch it. Make it a practice to watch it again and again. Maybe watch it once a month or something. Make it a practice to watch it and remember, I remember what, I remember what God did that moment, how that felt. And I remember how I was that morning before I was delivered. And now how I am now. Oh, I praise you, Lord. This is, a, this is a spiritual exercise of pushing the carnal nature down, of closing the door to the enemy to do what he did in the Israelites and make you to be spiritual, make you to be grateful, make you to always be thinking, this is what God did, this is what God did, and I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Lord, and I will never take it for granted. Do what you need to do. Watch the videos, if there's the video, write it down, like in a journal, write it down, write it down in detail, like the deliverances or the encounters with God you had, write it down, and revisit it, reread it again, and make the practice to regularly meditate on these miracles that God's done for you, these encounters God's done for you. Meditate. Make it a practice to meditate on where you were before, how you used to be before, and how you are now. Go there in your mind. Meditate on these things. Night and day, meditate. And make it a practice to thank God and praise God of how he's touched you, changed you, healed you, delivered you, the miracles he's done. Make it a practice, not when you feel like it, not when you have time. Make it a practice to remember, to thank God specifically for the miracles he's done for you and how he's changed you and praise him. And so when you do these spiritual practices, this is making you very spiritual, not carnal. So your spirit can discern the things of the spirit. So you're fresh. So when Judas comes, you know, oh, this is Judas. I know what this is. When someone who is a stone comes and not a sponge, you know, oh, I know this is, this is a stone. When, when the Satan comes in the presence of God, like how, like how he did in the time of Job, you can discern, oh, I know what this is. 
And all of these times you will have victory over the devil's sneaky tactics to try to take you away from God's presence and his anointing in your place of receiving. You will discern every time. The devil will not get away with nothing. You will have victory every time. You will stay planted. You will stay rooted. And you will be prospering your whole life. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I also want to encourage you to go back on this message and last week's message, protecting what you've received. Go back to these messages. Um, save them. We're, they have, we have them on YouTube. Bookmark them. Watch them once a month, once every two months, something like this. You have to, you have to renew your mind with the word of God, with the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God, with this revelation. If you, there's an, a certain attack of the devil in your life and you feel confused maybe, already remember right now to watch this message or, and last week's message so you'll have victory. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to declare over you all right now. I declare that you will increase in discernment in the spiritual realm. I declare that you will be wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. And I declare that the devil and his sneaky schemes will never win over you. You will always see him. You always see his schemes. You will always have this discernment. And you will always have victory over the devil in Jesus' name. I speak this anointing to cover you and protect you. I declare nothing can take you away from God's will in Jesus' name. I declare you will to pass every test with flying colors in Jesus' name. I declare you will stay rooted, you will stay strong, and you will be prosperous. A tree that always prospers in every season in Jesus' name. Amen.